This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. We are four friends in three states across two time zones with a shared passion. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage Podcast, where we hit the fast lane to discuss our favorite drives from the track and the ice to the court and the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Sports Talk Garage Podcast. My name is John, as always, here with Matt and David. How's it going tonight, guys? Uh, quite well. Spent the weekend out of town, went to the Biltmore, North Carolina. Got to tour the house, stayed on the grounds. Lots of good food, lots of fun, so it was a wonderful time. Nice. Matt, what about you? Hey, we spent the uh, the weekend in with all the weather that's been going on up here between the snow and then directly turning into the ice, and I spent a whole day in my garage working on uh, my uh, daily driver that decided to uh, kind of poop out on me a little bit last week. So, you know, it was a fun weekend. Do a little car work, a little engine, so whatever. Yeah. How about you, bud? We just pretty much hunkered in. It's been uh, nice and cold here. Negative temps on the wind chill side. So oh. not a whole oh. lot going on. But uh, sounds yeah. horrible. So let's uh, start the green flag, guys, and uh, get into it. This week we've got idiots in football and then Zion. Um, let's start with the idiots in football because those are always fun to talk about. We talked about this guy last week um, for his nonsense in the locker room. Uh, after LSU won the championship game. But OBJ back in the news again this week. Uh, David, I know, like, can you give a brief timeline about what has happened since we talked last time? Gosh, yeah. So, I mean, just antics overall during the game for OBJ, consistent. But after the game, they were in the locker room. He slapped a cop or security guard on the butt, kind of staring him down after that. And then the security guard wasn't happy, so there's an arrest warrant issued for OBJ. Uh, a couple of days later, it's since rescinded. Who knows why there's nothing that's been released about that. But it's been a crazy situation. And then, you know, LSU's looking into this and some other things that went on. Obviously, I feel bad for a new Browns coach, Stefanski. It's such a Brown thing to happen. He just gets there and all of a sudden he's got a situation to deal with. So there could be some team punishment. There could be some league discipline for some other antics that he had. Just a crazy time for OBJ, which isn't anything new for him. Do you think the NFL is going to get involved in this? We know they like to be their own police yeah. department. So I don't know if they'll do much on the, the the slap there, but handing out cash to players while it's not directly affecting him, I mean, it's a violation NCA. I don't know what the NFL can really do, but I'm sure they'll try to look into something, see if they can put their foot down on it. I gotta say, man, if if they haven't already, someone in the NFL needs to do a drug test on him like immediately because, like, the locker room stuff was crazy enough. But then the video that leaked out about when he stole the bullhorn from the marching band and like uh, refused yeah. to give it back and was just basically rambling into that thing, um, you know, they're like basically pleading with him just to <laughs> give it back, and yeah. he's. 
like that it, it's just really it was a sad sight honestly um so yeah i don't know what he was going what was going on in his life that particular night but i imagine the nfl might want to look into uh potentially some substance abuse the way he was acting well it didn't take social media long to pick up on that little factor and you know start creating memes and and gifs on basically him or somebody like hey he showed up like this and somebody like you know pours out and starts lining up what's supposed to be white powder and just like whips (laughs) the whole thing and then falls over backward out of the camera you know i mean they the whole social media train just took off because he was such a highlight, if you want to call it that, of the news media that night. Yeah. So obviously this was, you know, a major issue, national television, but kind of step back and kind of look at the big picture here. Just the whole celebrities on sidelines of interview or not interviews of games. Is it a problem? Cause I felt like it, instead of only talking about LSU's win, half the nation's talking about this other incident, which takes away from what LSU accomplished. Should celebrities and alums be on the sidelines of big games like this, just in college football in general? That's what I was talking about last week. Like, again, I think if you've got a Hall of Famer who's going to come in pregame and do, you know, uh, motivational speech to hype the guys up or whatever the case may be, then fine, whatever. But, like, these current athletes who are basically still kids themselves – I think you're just asking for problems if you bring them in on the sideline and especially these big games, because I mean, thankfully they won. Could you imagine like if they lost and then (laughs) it came out afterwards that he was some big distraction on the sideline and, you know, who knows Mm -hmm. what actually trans else transpired on the physical sideline. I don't know, man. Like, I think these coaches need to be a little bit smarter and I know like it's, it's probably good for recruitment and they want to see these, current NFL players on the sideline because it entices, you know, future guys to come there. But I don't know. That risk reward just seems kind of dumb. Yeah, but are they the ones letting them on? Is that that a coach's choice at that point? No, no, I'm saying is that a coach's coach's choice at that point? You're the head coach of a program. Like, this is your sideline. Like, if an AD is trying to push this on me, then we've got words to talk about Mm -hmm. because that's getting ridiculous. Yeah. What are you talking about? I've got – if that's me standing on the sidelines, the head coach, I'd be like, national championship game or whatever it is, like you're at this point affecting my bottom dollar and my uh, legacy here. If you're the AD pushing for this or whatever office, you're going to stand out here with him. If he's yeah. a if he's a risk being out here, you're going to be sitting out here with him. No ifs, ands, or buts, yeah. and you're going to babysit him the whole game. <laughs> and if you think about this, especially in the SEC – the head coach is a much bigger person, much bigger figure than the AD. Like, I can't name one AD of an SEC school, but I could probably name all the SEC coaches. Like, they're, they should be the shot callers. But yeah, especially at a game like this, they should be able to make the decision who is allowed, who is not allowed to sign. Like, if he wants to sit in the press box with the AD, you know, if put him in some nice seats, a couple of rows from the field, that's fine. But that has to be the head coach's decision there. Yeah, I mean, let the media know. Let them get a camera shot here or two throughout the game as he's, like, sitting up in this press box or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for publicity, there's got to be better ways to do it than allowing these guys in silent because things are just getting stupid. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. But it's just, I mean, yeah, a national championship game and you've got a a potential distraction. 
for what you know could be you know the biggest game of a lot of these people's lives. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that one bit. <laughs> well, I think you've got so if you step beside this, cause I don't know that he was a major problem on the sideline, but let's just talk about him in general. Cause you know, since he was at the giants, especially after getting less and less passes and why he's at Cleveland now, and even to Davis point, Stefanski made a point about, you know, I, I understand that players like this are, are going to be colorful and that's fine. As long as they have the performance to go with it. I read a great report, I think it was on USA Today or somewhere in there, and they said, you know, in order for him to have that, like he's got a now he's basically opened his mouth and, and used his entire allotment of being colorful. Now he's going to have to perform all season just to offset what he's done starting January. But if you look at everything that's going on with him ever since he's been at the New York Giants, I think it's more of a question now, you know, where do you draw a line? and just kind of say, like you said, discipline from the team or discipline from the NFL on, you know, we're supposed to be setting an example here somewhere. You're a professional athlete. Yes, you're paid to go do this, but you're kind of going overboard now. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, Cleveland is where careers go to end in most (laughs) situations. So, yeah, I mean, there is a reason why he's there. And, you know, even you think throughout the season this year, there was multiple instances, well, this year or the year before, of sideline indiscretions going on. Yeah, temper tantrums, arguments, throwing helmets. Uh, I think at one point he actually clocked himself in the face (laughs) with the the kicker net, the practice net, um, you know, swinging his helmet around and knocked that thing over right into his face. I mean, just like. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what, from a contract standpoint, the team can do because uh, I don't know if, if this necessarily violates anything in his current contract, being that it's, uh, thankfully for him, not criminal and not at an actual game, and he wasn't theoretically representing the Browns at that point. But, I mean, if, the thing is, like, if, if this was any normal person in a normal setting and you acted that way, uh, you know, your employer, if you, you know, if you worked at a bank and, and you were on national television, acting the fool, <laughs> your bank would have something to say about it. So in my opinion, you're still, you're always a representative of your employer when you're a public Certainly. figure like that. Certainly so. So, all right, well, let's move on to another idiot in the world of football. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's even still in the world. Hold of on, football are, you, play- are you talking well, about the dynamic duo of antics? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the current role is actually a music icon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That single, his rapping debut, freaking the one and the only Antonio Brown. In uh, what? What's the name of the song? I got money. Whole lot of money. Whole lot of money. Whole lot of money. So I had never followed him on Instagram before all this kind of crazy stuff happened. But ever since I did, like, I get random alerts pretty much on like most days now where he mm-hmm. has starting live video and they're like he's generally almost always like shirtless and like overly sweaty for some reason I'm not sure what what the situation <laughs> is there but the last one I saw the other day was um he was sitting with his crew playing uh playing his infamous single 
and he was trying to rap along with it, but it looked like he didn't know half the words to his own single. Like he was kind of stumbling through parts and then he would just stop and just kind of head nod through some others with the beat and then he'd kick back in in the chorus. So, um, I mean, it's pretty sad when you've got one song out there and you're not even 100% sure of your lyrics. <laughs> but, I mean, so one of you guys, what transpired this week? There was the whole thing about like his baby mama and his kids. Yeah. And then the police department giving back a donation. Oh, and then gosh. now he's losing his agent. Which, of all the agents to lose, I mean, that's a pretty shocking one. So, David, what's up? I think you got most of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, synopsis there. But, gosh, so he lives in Hollywood, Florida. You know, he and his crew were, you know, at his house. His baby mom and he are separated. She has this right to come over and take the kids to school. So she came over and apparently tried to get into Bentley, supposedly. So instead of doing what a normal sane person would do, he decided to open up Instagram Live and start just throwing tirades and cuss words at her nonstop. Like, one, you shouldn't really do that. But it's even worse when it's your the mother of your children, your children are sitting right there listening to all this as you're just degrading her. The police are there. He's just throwing insults at them, too, saying that you know they essentially won't do what he wants them to, even though there's no reason for them to. So the Hollywood Police Department has essentially given back the money that he donates in for their league because they don't want to be associated with him anymore, which it seems like nobody wants to be associated with him. Like, I don't think we have seen the downfall of an athlete go quicker and more public than him. So afterwards, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who's probably the most well-known agent in all the sports, represents a lot of big names, essentially said, you know what, I can't work with you until you go to counseling. I still want to help you, but you got to get some counseling first. And he's just, I mean, just spiraling down the control, and there's no one there to help him, no one there to check and be like, hey, watch what you're doing, just just out there. It's, Yeah, I, I saw that video. It was uh, one of the ones that, that popped up, and I, I caught it like midway through, and I wasn't exactly <laughs> sure what was happening until after the fact when, when everything started leaking out. It was just like a, a barrage of four-letter words, uh-huh. um, and his poor kids are like basically sitting there crying trying to get into the back of a cop car and i mean i don't know man that it, it's a shame and i know he's talking about getting into you know uh the ring now and, and doing some boxing maybe maybe this is going to be the future it's going to be uh conor mcgregor and antonio brown <laughs> in the octagon maybe that's please let that happen Ooh. Please let that. That's all of them. Might be seven. Might seconds. be the one of the few times that I cheer for Conor McGregor because you know <laughs> how I my displeasure for him. So I'm kind of happy I didn't pay sixty bucks for that pay per view the other night when it lasted wow. all forty two seconds. But I'll wait for ESPN to, to uh, publish it later this week or something. <laughs> right. All right. And... So do you guys have? Do you guys feel like there is there any way that he ever plays? NFL football ever again? I uh, no, I do not see a team wanting him anytime. The longer he stays out of the league, the more difficult it's going to be to come back in. And no matter how great his talent is, his character, the way he represents himself, all the stuff he talks about people, no team wants to deal with that. No matter how good he is, so I think his NFL career is done. He's essentially going to try to make a career out of being, you know, a social media influencer because he's not a guy that just randomly get connected to things and make some dollars. Honestly, his life, I don't know if uh, those of you guys watch or not, but uh, Ballers on HBO, 
His yeah. life reminds me so much of a couple of the guys on that show. <laughs> and it's like, uh-huh. it's almost like the script was pre-written on his behalf. And, and maybe he'll make an appearance in next season or something like that. But, I mean, the like the one team that I think would, in normal situations, give him a chance would either be the Cleveland Browns or the <laughs> Oakland slash yeah. Las Vegas Raiders. And he's already basically killed – one of At those. Least one of those. So, yeah. and the Browns. I mean, they're all. Yeah, they are the Browns. But you know, they they, they have, have some standards. True hate for him. Yeah, from him being a Steeler, and I don't know. Man, I, well, the problem is he he doesn't have you know a foot to stand on. A couple of the ones that we've seen with the whole taking a knee in the past and those. I mean, you get something to stand on with that and say, look, we're we're being active inside of our rights and using our platform. He's just being an idiot. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you went out and did a workout for New Orleans, what, in December? Mm-hmm. And they want nothing to do with you. Even, even most of the well, people around him said this is this is strictly for show. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't help that like immediately after he was basically talking crap about the workout yep. as well. Basically, of course, saying that this was just their way of being back in the. You know, we're talking about a playoff team who has a quarterback that's breaking every record under the sun. I don't think they need Antonio Brown to get any publicity on their behalf. So, well, that's the problem. Nobody, nobody needs him. But you can't argue with the fact that when he steps on a field, he's naturally gifted. Yeah. But if you can't keep your mouth shut, stay on the field. What? What's the (laughs) point? You know, even well, if a team does happen to sign him, there's no guarantee he'd play because he still has a pending sexual assault case. So he'd probably just go on the commissioner's exempt list immediately and just kind of wait from there. So, I mean, there's still no incentive for a team to sign him because he's not going to be able to come on the field immediately. Well, I agree with everything you guys just said. I The only thing I disagree with is teams don't need him because mm-hmm. an interesting stat came out earlier this week about Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks are being compared, even my own, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to Patrick Mahomes and his ability uh, to make plays. But one thing that was shocking to me is that the average, average separation distance of his wide receivers to the defense around them is four freaking yards. That's Ooh, the average. Wide open. Wide open. So essentially, he has a yeah. I'm not saying he's not talented. He's <laughs> extremely talented. But when you have on average your wide receivers have four yards between them and defensive player, you damn sure better be able to yeah. make a pass at that point. So yeah. that goes back to yes, you have to have a quarterback that can throw the ball, but a wide receiver with absolute skills and speed will could make or break a quarterback's mm-hmm. career and. I mean, if he wasn't such like a friggin' idiot, I'd be like, I'd say, you know, Ryan Pays call him up, but I, you know, the, just the distraction, I don't think, is going to be worth it. But I mean, considering that my number one receiver is probably a two or three at best on most teams, mm-hmm. it's amazing what one big guy could do to a team if he if he wasn't an idiot. I mean, think right, what right. the Raiders would have done this year if he played out that year. Would have been would have been amazing. Derek Carr would have been Pro Bowl bound probably. Yeah. Very likely. Yep. All right.
So that's enough of the idiot talk. Let's move on to someone who uh, I dislike, but not because he's an idiot or because he's anything. <laughs> Actually, he seems to be a really great guy. I just happened to go to the wrong school. Yes, he but, did. But uh, Zion Williamson uh, finally making his debut um, after an injury. Guys, what are you expecting of this? And what do you think for, you know, does this change the dynamic of uh, of the league at all as far as the season goes? Well, I mean, as far as changing the dynamic, it's already kind of done that. So he's going to make his debut this coming Wednesday against the San Antonio Spurs. It was not televised. Two playoff contenders, uh, the Nuggets and Rockets, were actually taken off ESPN. So ESPN <laughs> could put this game on of two teams who are not even playoff bound. I mean, he's the biggest hype since LeBron James, which was, what, 16, 17 years ago now? Yeah, And just to kind of tell you what the NBA world thinks of him, the Pelicans were given 30 national television games this year, which is a franchise record. So 37% of their games are on national TV. They've never come close to that. I mean, there's a which lot of crazy hype. that even with AD, they yeah. never came close to Nothing that. Nothing close to that. And one thing that still scares me, yeah, he's had knee surgery. He's been sitting out recovering, and you know the GM or you know, president of basketball operators said he's healthy, he's good to go. He's the third heaviest player in the league. The heaviest Yikes. guy, uh, Boban at 7'4", 290. Taco Fall at 7'5", 311. And then he's 6'6", 284. That is a man with a man. It's got to, as big as he is, that's got to hurt those knees eventually with all those dunks and jumping up and down. I don't think it's sustainable for him to stay at that level. I mean, maybe he needs to call Cam Newton and uh... – Get on the vegan. vegan diet. <laughs> but, I mean, yes. without without size, is he still the same player? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he's not a speed guy. No. He's just dominant. He's power. And, yeah. So. Well, and he carries that weight well. Because in college, he was, what, 260? No, he was still about 280. Was he about 280? Okay. Yeah. So, you're still talking about a guy that carries that weight very well, can still get up over the rim. Mm-hmm. Very dominant under the bucket. And like John said, he's not, you know, we're not talking about a point guard coming down with speed that showed up too heavy for, you know, camp or whatever. You're you're talking about a big boy. I mean, that's, you don't want to have to box him out. You don't want to have to fight through him for rebounds and try to stop him from, uh, you know, getting up in the air underneath the bucket. He's, he's a big boy. He comes in for that yeah. drive you better be ready to take that hit. Most people don't want to take the floor after that kind of hit. No. So, you know, that's – I don't think that that's a problem for his weight. We'll just have to see what his longevity is. I mean, he may very well be a player that gets eight, you know, five, seven, eight years, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and calls it a quits and has a couple of knee injuries along the way. Well, I mean, He's hopefully already started not. with one. Right, yeah. yeah. But – but yeah, I mean that is it is a lot of weight, especially a basketball court is already brutal on the knees to begin with. You know, there's literally no give <laughs> to the ground beneath you, um, so you're already on a, a, you know, a painful playing surface to say the least. And then we've taken tumbles and everything else. I mean, it's it's not forgiving. But yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting. Do you do you guys see? any chance at all of uh, New Orleans actually doing anything with him returning? Unfortunately not. It's too late in the season. I don't think he'll have that much of a presence to really make a difference. I mean, they're 
I think 12th or 13th place right now. I mean, they're pretty far out of contention. Right? There's still roughly half a season left, a little under that, but too little, too late. It'll be fun to see him, see what he can actually do. I mean, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, even though he could have if he actually started both season at the beginning. But it'll be fun to watch and just see what expectations are, especially going from Duke where he dominated to bigger, more skilled athletes who are going to present some tougher competition for him. Well, they're also right. looking to have, what, against the Bucks? Is that the game he's got coming the, up? The Spurs. Who's Spurs? Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got a couple games this week that are looking to set 70-game wins. And then you've got Zion coming in that's going to be a big draw for the season based on, you know, what's he going to look like. And it's like you said, mm-hmm. he's going to miss a lot of the rookie awards based on time played. But does that really matter if he can, you know, pull a good 7-8? Because what, what's the last major hyped player before Zion? that I can remember this much would be LeBron. Fair enough. Yeah, so, probably this much. I mean, there's yeah. been some been some pretty big hype. Certainly. But, yeah, but, I think LeBron is, is probably the only guy that has had this type of hypes in anywhere in the last decade and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really though. more up to him if he's going to be able to handle that hype coming in and, and live up to it. Yeah. I mean, he's already coming in at a disadvantage. He's not going to have that mojo with his team uh, after missing essentially half a season. So, But what's crazy, though, is even though they are in 12th place and they've only won 17 games this mm. season, they're only th- – the West is so bad in that, like, from, like, uh, well, like, four down, essentially. Well, actually, four is not bad. There's There's – there's actually some pretty good competition at the top, but they're only three games away from playoff contention. Well, that's how like that's, that's how, how significant drop off is. Yeah. So, I mean, they with even a, a single win, they could hop up to be tied for ninth in okay. the standings. So, that's why I'm wondering, like. Obviously, I don't. There's no way they're catching the Lakers, the Nuggets, or the Clippers, any of those guys. But um, I mean, they, who knows? Maybe it gets a little mojo in, and they they make a run for it in the playoffs. It'd be interesting to see the the playoffs would be a lot more fun to watch. Uh, that was a little bit of different shakeup out there. Hey, if they can make eight, have LeBron and Zion in round one, that'd be pretty cool to see. I could go for that. <laughs> that would be sick. I could go for that. Uh, that would be. I, I think the Lakers would probably <laughs> kill that, but it would be fun to watch for sure. But uh, all right, guys. Well, let's take a quick break. Thank our sponsor, and we will be right back to talk about predictions. Welcome back, everyone, to season two, episode twenty-two of the Sports Talk Garage podcast. Just got done talking about idiots in football and Zion Williams. Um, so, guys, let's throw the white flag and uh, talk about predictions. David, why don't you recap last week for us? It was a pretty interesting. We had a lot of uh, some random stuff last week, but it made it for some for uh, some fun betting. But let's talk through this and see where we all landed. All right. So, week 19, Chris gave us two interesting uh, essentially bets here since we're getting low on games for NFL. First, NFC Championship game, the Packers at the 49ers. Thankfully for John, we went over-under. However, he should have picked against the Packers if we didn't because he would have been good. But You know I would have. 
And he would have got a point, so he <laughs> lost out. But over under at 45, total 57. 49ers put some points on the board. So myself, Chris, and Matt got a point. John went under, and we'll take the loss on that one. AFC Championship, Titans Just at the Chiefs. Fast. I will gladly take yeah. the loss on that one. I told you guys. <laughs> told you they were getting ready to be exposed. Oh, and uh, well, Rogers' yeah. window might be closed. We can get to that later, though. Adios. Might buddy. be done. So uh, AFC, Titans at the Chiefs. Chiefs were favored by seven and a half. Actually, one by 11. So it was a really good game. I was happy with it. Uh, Chris and John got a point. Myself and Matt both at Titans. So nothing there for us. Two new kind of bets here. We go with player versus player. Going to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill versus Derrick Henry. Essentially, who's going to have more yards, Tannehill passing or Henry rushing? That was a pretty clear favor with Tannehill at 209. Derrick Henry... For himself, kind of cooled off. Only had 69 yards. Chris was the only one who went with the quarterback. Chris got a point. And then lastly, kind of comparing some receiving yards here. Uh, George Kittle from the 49ers versus Devontae Adams from the Packers. Kittle only had 19 yards. Way lower than what any of us expected. While On Adams reception. had 138. All of us went with Kittle. All of us lost there. Remember when so, I threw out that stat about four yards average um, mm-hmm. so they scored how many friggin' points and could only have one reception, which for is crazy. That's crazy how for stacked that receiving yeah. is. <laughs> so overall for week 19, not the most impressed myself, John and Matt all went one and three. Chris was the one above 500 at three and one. So overall scores, I am still at the back at 39, 38 and one. Uh, John's coming up in third at 40, 37 and one. Uh, Matt's actually in second, 41-36-1, and Chris is still in the lead at 43-34-1. So still close enough for somebody to come back, but Chris has a pretty good lead at the moment. So send it back to John for upcoming predictions for Week 20. Yeah, I think we need to um, have the NCAA come in here and investigate because it's a little strange that <laughs> our producer is starting yeah. to run away with it. You know, he's picking the games. I don't know. Uh, Got something there. Yeah. Well, he does have the advantage of time <laughs> to prep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since we get these yes, he does. just prior to recording. Um, anyways, we'll we'll get we'll save some hate for him later. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Uh week twenty, NBA. We haven't done an NBA game in a while. We got the LA Clippers at thirty and thirteen at the Dallas Mavericks here at twenty seven and fifteen. This is Tuesday at eight forty. Dallas is favored by one point five points. <laughs> wow. Not a whole this lot. is a close one. Matt, who are you picking on this one? I'll go with the Clippers. I'll go with the underdog on this. One and a half points isn't anything. So they're either going to get really spanked or uh, <laughs> put you in a, a interesting position. But I think they've got a strong chance coming down to Dallas. All right. Dave, what about you? I'm actually going Dallas. It's hard to bet against Luka Doncic right now. He's amazing. Got to go Dallas at home. All right. Hmm, this one's tough. Um, yeah, I'll ride with uh, you, David. I'll, I'm gonna go Dallas as well. We'll see. They are technically the uh, well, they're the favorites to win, even though they have the less, uh, the worst record. But we'll see how that one plays out on Tuesday. And then our producer Chris is also going to Dallas. So Matt, you're riding on your own on this one. That's cool. I have uh, to catch up to Chris somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now for our next one. This is uh 
I think the first time we've ever ventured into this for predictions, at least the Daytona Rolex 24 hours. Uh, one of the most spectacular races in the world. Uh, 24 hour endurance racing, which is Saturday starts on Saturday, January 25th ends on Sunday, January 26th. Who will win guys from top class? We have Wayne Taylor racing with Cadillac and the Daytona prototypes with the Acura team Pinsky Daytona prototype team. Or the rest of the entire field, which is basically what sixty more drivers or teams, I should say, give or take. <laughs> well, so... numbers and stats would say the rest of the field. <laughs> All right, Matt, who are you taking on this team? Take it a field. No, I think I'm going to go with Penske. I've always been a huge fan of of Penske teams and and Roger and how he runs his businesses and especially the race teams. And they've he's got a slew of top end drivers right now. Uh, Dane Cameron's probably the newest of the group, but Ricky Taylor, Juan Pablo Montoya and Julio Castro Neves. You can't argue with that type of talent and they've all got wins under major wins and championships under their belts. So I'm, I'm going to pick Acura. All right, David, what are you thinking? So Matt made some great points there. Uh, Wayne Taylor also has some wonderful drivers. So I'm going with percentages here. It's hard to bet against so many people when there's only two. So I'm going with the field. Just too many other options for something to go wrong with one of those two. got to go with the field. All right. Our producer, let's see. He's going to go with Wayne Taylor Racing, uh, the Cadillac team, which, again, I think is uh, a pretty interesting bet. And... um, Man, this is tough because I I freaking love this race. Lord willing, I'll be up all night watching it if I can. <laughs> um, you know what, David? I'm gonna go with you. I, I can I think of one reason why you'll be up. <laughs> yeah, there's a variety of reasons, but nothing fun. Uh, let's hopefully this will be the one fun thing I'm actually doing. Um, you know, like I said, there's some pretty decent uh, groups here, especially in the prototype class. Um. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, David. I'm gonna say that hopefully right. my uh, I'm gonna go for actually go for the field, but I'm gonna predict that the Mazda team Mazda has okay. been dominant in certain tiny attributes of seasons, but they've been terrible on reliability uh, with their two uh, 2.0 liter turbo. So, but you know they got Ryan Hunter Ray on one team, they got Oliver Jarvis on one team, so. Uh, I like these guys. Yeah, I'm going to go with the field, and I'm hoping that Amaz is going to pull this bad boy out. Does Does John get an extra point for not only going with the field, but <laughs> you know, if if Mazda wins, we give him like half a point. I feel like or I should something. get a bonus point, right? I feel we, like we he needs do a, bonus a bonus point if they win. I I need I something we can do a bonus to get me back that. in the game. So we'll see. Come on, Mazda. Um, all right, we're moving on. Uh, this one's an interesting one. The NFL Pro Bowl coming up this week. It's uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. I believe that's Saturday. Uh, no, sorry, Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, it's on ABC slash ESPN. It's going to be an over-under game <laughs> that our producer picked for us. Will the teams combine for more or less than 50.5 points? David, are you picking the NFC or the AFC? No, no, no. Oh, oh, over-under. I'm going over-under. Uh, I screwed that Skip one up. there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. You know what? So kind of like every Pro Bowl All-Star game, it's all offense. 50 points is going to be nothing. I'm going over. All right. Matt, what about you? Hold on. They actually played defense in this game? I think uh, I'm going to pick the over. 
All right. This uh, our producer Chris is gonna pick the over as well, and yeah, I mean, I there has been I think maybe a few random games where they've been slightly less scoring, at least in like the first half. But I think when it's all said and done, I think fifty point five points should be more than achievable for these teams. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the over as well. Um, and then the one that I jumped forward to a little too fast. <laughs> Who will cover? Uh, the AFC or the NFC. Right now, the AFC is favored by one point. So, back to my question a second ago. <laughs> David, you want AFC or NFC? Yeah, one point, it's not really anything. I'm going NFC just because they have more experienced quarterbacks, better running backs, more opportunity to get some points here. I don't know if it makes a difference, but that's my reasoning. All right. I like it. Matt, what about you? I'm joining him. I think the NFC has got a better set, even though – uh, AFC is favored. I, I still think the NFC is is more prepared for this. All right, uh, our producer Chris is going to actually go against you guys and go with the AFC. Um, but I'm going to join in with you guys. You know, I got to stick with uh, stick with my Bears. Can't cheer against them in any <laughs> situation. So I'm going NFC. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Maybe it'll be a, a chance for us to shake things up a little bit. Here we crawl go. Back in to uh, Chris's. Uh, becoming dominant in this this prediction game. Um, all right, guys. So let's well, throw... just just for fun, real quick. 2018 AFC won 26 to seven. Year before that, 24 23. Year before that, 20 to 13. So the AFC definitely has it on their list. To go back to an NFC win, you have to go back to 2012. NFC won 62 to 35, uh, and I think Kyle Rudolph was the uh, player of the game maybe, MVP. maybe we should have gone under under uh, yeah all those are a little low do we want to change our bet to go against our nope. producer i'm sticking <laughs> with it it's got to be a year change right here matt what are you, what are you thinking you're gonna stick with the producer or go against him i'm gonna i'm sticking with the producer why not all right screw it i'm gonna be the one because i'm gonna change it <laughs> oh, i'm gonna change it up go one. for it gotta hey, be one gotta Going get back under. in the game so I'm going to make right. it or break it. Um, all right. So mark me down as uh, an, own, an under on that one. Um, all right, guys. So let's start the checkered flag. Matt, what you got going on this week? Uh, this week is going to be a lot more of the same. Uh, like I said, we're coming up to your neck of the woods this weekend, so we're pretty excited to get to visit and see what all's going on up that way. And I will be wearing my trench coat most of the time just for – Trying to stay warm from the knees up. <laughs> yeah, you guys are staying downtown too, so it'll be nice and breezy. Oh yeah, Dave. What about you? Oh, oh man, kind of the same as Matt. Same this week, work wise. I actually worked a little bit this weekend, which will be fun, but still kind of sucks to work on the weekend. So great though. Not a whole lot else going on. I understand. Um, and yeah, for me, looking forward to, to visiting with Matt. Uh, they're calling for snow. It looks like. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we probably won't get much. Yeah. The city, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. But um, yeah, I got to drive all. through it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, hopefully that'll be fun. Hopefully watching some uh, Daytona 24. That'll be interesting. Probably will not catch the Pro Bowl live. That one's kind of painful to watch, my <laughs> personal opinion, uh, when it comes to All Star games. But I'll, I'll check the score to see if I got a point or not. But uh, yeah, that's about me. That's about it for the for the weekend for me. So, anyways, guys, let's uh, let's call it a night, and uh, we'll be back next week with episode twenty three. And I'm sure we'll have some interesting things to to bring your way. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports-related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.